Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Inside Cricket, I'm Simon Hughes. We're looking over the green suede of the Oval, celebrating England's outstanding win in the third test. What a topsy-turvy series this has been. Well, it's been, in a way, it's been deja vu, hasn't it? First one team is on top, then the other team is on top, then back to England again. But the three test matches have been remarkably similar. Team gets first innings runs, the other team doesn't get a big enough first innings score, and then the the team who's batted first dominates the game and, and goes on to win it. Having said that, the bowling attacks on the first day of all the matches have had an opportunity and they have not taken it. So in a way, batting first has been, to some extent, brave. Perhaps at the Oval, it was brave here in, in the first innings. But the teams bowling first have not been able to take advantage of, of decent conditions. And uh, after that, I mean, the, as is often the case these days in Test cricket, when a team gets on top, it's so difficult for the other team to get back in the game, it seems. There's a simple reason, actually, why in two of the three Tests the team bowling first haven't got on top. And that's because of Vernon Philander's inability to stay on the field for very long. If you remember back to Lords, he only bowled five overs and then he went off with some kind of injury and England were able to build up you know, a decent score in the end. And particularly in this test, Philander got Keaton Jennings out early on in the first innings and he only bowled four overs before going off the field, obviously sick, finished up in hospital that night and he didn't bowl again after the eighth over of the, of the innings. He didn't bowl again until the 36th, and allowing England to build a, a bit of a platform. They were about 110 for two at that point. Obviously, 36th over with Philander isn't as difficult as the seventh or eighth or tenth over when it's, the ball is hard and new. So England were spared having to deal with him for more in that first sort of session and a half, both in the Lords and in this test, which allowed them to build up a, a decent score. Let's have a look at the, back over the Test match. I think it's probably worth focusing on the debutants, isn't it? We're going to hear from Toby Rowland-Jones after the break, who is our Royal London Player of the Week. A, a great start for him. Eight wickets in the match and runs as well, useful runs in the game. And oh, just that, It's great, isn't it, to have someone who can come in lower down the order and really put some pressure on the bowling side, you know, hitting some sixes, etc. Anyway, we're going to hear from him. Yeah. Let's have a look at... Um, some of the other debutants. Tom Wesley in at, at number three, a, a problem position for England. Uh, what were you feeling about him? Well, I, I liked him, actually. And I think, um, it, it, you know, he's not the finished article, obviously, but I think that he, he learned a lot even from his first innings. I've watched him practice, and he's very systematic in how he practices his various sort of skills. Very leg-side player at the moment, but he, the thing is, a good thing is he's aware of it. And he's working on correcting it when he sort of tries to work the ball from off stump. It got him out to, a, to an extent in the first innings because he was just slightly playing across a, a very good ball, the only good ball that Chris Morris has bowled in the whole match, actually. Uh, but he learned from that dismissal. And then I, I saw him in the nets uh, the next morning really working on a very strong bottom hand right hand is quite at times a bit too dominant and he was just working on making sure that he was keeping the bat face straight when playing you know an off stump 
delivery. And in that second innings, he played some really good shots. And what I liked about him, as well as you know his sort of temperament, he looked calm and he looked composed, and he did a bit the sort of Essex walk away from the stumps to square leg and back like Alistair Cook every time. Just that's, to that's the Essex walk, is it? Obviously the Essex walk. Um, we're sort of collecting his thoughts, and and I liked his his general approach, his recognition of good spells that needed negotiation not so good spells which could you know offer a few more scoring opportunities like Chris Morris for instance but I liked his timing of the ball as well he had a he's got a bit of a flair about him and and plays some really attractive shots off decent balls so I think overall he I think he did pretty well it's a promising start anyway do you feel that he's got enough of an offside game to flourish in Test match cricket if bowlers are really disciplined and, and bowl it you know, fifth stump and, and keep it away from the stumps and away from his pads? Well, I don't know, actually. and Maybe he doesn't know. Uh, yeah. But if you look at uh, Steve Smith, uh, obviously, Jonathan Trott, the classic example of a, of a leg side player in the last but, few years. But he's years. not quite like them, though, is well, it? I mean, he's, he's not, he's not like Smith. I mean, there's no one quite like no, Smith. No, there's no one quite like Smith. There's a little bit of trot about him, the way, you know, with the closed bat face sort of peeing the ball through mid-wicket. And it served Trott pretty well for four years. So I, I think, uh, that in fact, that funnily enough, that one technical thing I've seen with him, with Wesley, is that as the bowler bowls, his right foot just steps a little bit back to leg. So he's slightly closed off. This sounds very technical, uh, as the bowler bowls. Now, these are the things that people, annoying people like me pick up on. And it just could get him into trouble against the short ball uh, with the Aussies in the winter. But he might correct it. He might be able to deal with it. Steve Wall wasn't a very good player of the short ball and got into bad positions, but dealt with it and scored thousands of runs. So, you know, I think it's just a question of him getting into test cricket a little bit and finding out the, the, the little flaws that might need ironing out without losing his natural panache. It's amazing, isn't it? You can play for whatever, however many years he's, he's played for Essex, scored you know, bags of runs, finally getting the England side, and it almost feels it's all starting all over again. That, that scrutiny on a yeah. player, just his, his first test match, it's actually done pretty well, and yet we're yeah. sort of analysing it and I picking know, it and apart. I, I have to stop myself sometimes, you know, because I just love watching different batsmen's mannerisms, and I just have to say, look, just sit back, let the guy play a bit, and, and, and you know, get into it, and, and then we can kind of be a bit critical later on. Do you think it's because, actually, what, the reason we're doing it, in a way, is because we're thinking, oh, now, is this one good enough? Because we've mm. seen so many that haven't been quite good enough and yeah. had technical problems. You think, you know, you, you actually get a bit impatient. You think, mm. come on, let, let's see if there is someone out there who can play. And, and talking of, of, you know, that, certainly Keaton Jennings, I do worry about, and it may be a confidence thing, but the, what I've seen of him, you know, in three tests, and that's enough evidence, is that he plants his front foot a little bit too early and then... Play, use, he brings the bat in afterwards, so his movements are a bit staccato, and that ends up him sort of reaching for the ball, especially against Philander, and getting into trouble. And you know his movements are just not in sync, and that does mean someone who's not in rhythm, who perhaps lacks a bit of confidence. He looks a, a, a bit of a walking wicket. I mean, that 48 he made in the second innings for England should have been ended in single figures, a drop catch in the slips. It never looked entirely convincing, but you know he's a, a decent lad. Maybe he'll iron out those problems, but I worry a little bit for him. I think they'll stay with, true with him for the fourth test and see how he goes. But Mark Stoneman is definitely breathing down his neck. What about Hamid? Do you think he's anywhere in the frame for that opening spot? Not at the moment. No, I think Stoneman is 
very much on the, the lips of the selectors. Alex Stewart is absolutely vehement that he should be in the side. And, well, of course he's sorry, so now, anyway. So, uh, so you know, he would say that. But I, I think that Stoneman will be someone that, if you talk to all the umpires, I mean, I, I go out to, into the middle every day and I chat to fourth umpires, people like Neil Malander and, and others. They're, who, they're good so, people to talk to, aren't they? Well, because they've, they've watched a lot of county yeah, cricket yeah. and they're from very close quarters. And, and he said, like uh, Alex Wharf, the test before, you know, who's the best player around? Actually, Alex Wharf said Wesley, and Neil Mallander said Stoneman. Yeah. So you, you, you have to respect those, those guys. Another player making his debut in this test match was David Milan. In a way, we really learn a, a great deal, no. did you feel? I, 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 no, I mean, I, I, I like him personally. I think well, you were punting in the last game. You were saying pick David Milan, weren't I, you? I, I think he's got, he's got a bit of X factor. Uh, in this test, uh, he got a brilliant delivery in the first innings. The, the best, the, probably the ball of the match, along with Roland Jones's delivery to Hashim Amla in the first innings. A big swinging Yorker from Rabada at about 89 miles an hour just knocked him off his feet and uprooted his leg stump. That was a fantastic delivery. Would have got anybody out. Second innings, he came in and it was a little bit tricky because England were press, pressing for runs. The pitch was doing a little bit. You know, he had to try and get on with it straight away. So it was a bit of an unfair experiment or you know, examination of his ability. And I just think from that evidence, going back to Cardiff again and the way he played in that T20 against South Africa just marked him out as someone who's got a bit extra. I, I, and I just, I like his languid approach to batting. He's got time. He's got, you know, he can hit the ball in different areas. He went, I think he went for a reverse sweep fairly early on in his innings, in, in this second innings here. And he, he's just got a lot of, a lot of range. So I, I would hope that in time he will prove it. Are you expecting him to be given, you know, the rest of the summer? Yes, I suppose so. I mean, you know, I know the selectors like being loyal. Gary Balance uh, has obviously got this broken finger. I guess that you know that might mend in time for the West Indies series. They're all going to be queuing up to play against the West Indies, aren't they? Because if they play those three tests, especially the bowlers, you know they're going to fancy doing well, and they're book they're playing to Australia then. Yeah, the batsman might struggle under under light of the pink ball test match. I mean, that that'll be fascinating <laughs> to see how that gets. We we just don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, that that's that's in the future. But England in, in this test match, we'll talk about Toby Rowan Jones after the break, and we'll hear from him after the break. England in this test match. I mean, I, I just sense that I just I spoke to Paul Farbrace before the game, mm. and you know England was sort of saying, oh, you know, they seemed a bit prickly about some of the criticism they were getting. But Paul was he was. Very honest, I think, and basically, you know, he was saying our decision making is, you know, has not been good. You know, it hurt me what happened really? in, in in the last Test match. You know, I said to him, you're normally a very bubbly character. Do you feel a bit deflated about what happened last week at, at Trent Bridge? And he said, yeah, I did. You know, it, it did affect me. So, you know, clearly, you know, it's not just us sort of saying things from the outside. In, internally, they they know, and you know, they they came out in this game. I wonder whether actually. That the real platform for this victory was was built on that first day. It wasn't very spectacular, but one seventy for four, and then obviously Stokes the next day, a, a wonderful innings, a really disciplined innings yeah. as well. But so important though, that first day. Two, two things about that, I totally agree with you. One is even before the first day, I understand that Joe Root got the players together and said, "Look, this isn't good enough," and he really kind of asserted his authority. And he said, "Right, you know, we've got to adapt better. We've got to play more sensibly. We've got to be smarter." You know, everybody's got to take it on board. We've got to adapt our game. We can't, you know, just sort of slump to these pathetic collapses. And there have been, our statistician at Channel 5 has done a, a bit of homework, 22 collapses in 39 
tests, you know, bad collapses from sort of 20 for one to 98 all out or 150 for five to 200 all out, things like that. And they've got to be able to, you know, protect their wicket, value their wicket a little bit longer. So Root said that before the game and there was definite evidence. You know, Jennings, in, in the second, certainly in the second innings, batted out of his crease. Obviously, Cook was was indefatigable in that first day. You know, I mean, his concentration. They went on and off for bad light and rain, and it was so difficult to keep starting again. But he did. He stuck it out. He deserved a hundred. Obviously, Stokes, as you mentioned, really adapted his game. Batted out of his crease to Philander. He was just saying to me actually after the game today, he tried it first at Trent Bridge, and he was a bit unlucky. He got caught and bowled in the second innings. Well, well I thought that we talked about this in, in our last podcast um, that. That, that Stokes was did play in a really determined man yeah. at Trembridge. He just made a couple of mistakes, and that can sometimes happen to batsmen. And, and he 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 realizes the value of putting the pressure back on the bowl a little bit. He said even he said even himself, if someone's batting out of their crease and walking up the pitch to him, he wouldn't like it. Mm. So he's trying to think how to disrupt the bowler the other end. And fine bowler Philander is nobody likes being kind of toyed with or intimidated slightly, which I think Stokes did very well. So England really set up the game by just you know adapting their game, which we said all along they should do. They said in the press it wasn't anything, you know, it wasn't a particular problem, but I think actually internally they accepted it was. Just talk about the conditions in the game. I mean, did South Africa, I mean, ultimately, I know England built that decent first inning score, but ultimately they were a bit unlucky because they, they got to bat at probably the worst time in the whole match, didn't they? It was overcast, the yeah. lights were on, it, yeah. it, it was dark, and that was their undoing. Absolutely. And, and uh, also, worth pointing out, you know, looking ahead to the fourth test, that South Africa hadn't had an opening partnership of more than 20 for 14 innings. And their best partnership in, in this series is, is 20 or 21. So England, there is an immediate potential opening there for, for England to, to work on. And they've exploited it pretty well so far. So they should be confident of being able to do that again. Whereas England's batting, that just you know, this test, you felt it, it had that bit more depth because of Bairstow coming in at seven and Stokes at six and, and Moen at eight. You know, it does have that little bit more security to it. So perhaps these terrible collapses won't happen so often. Well, there are people who are saying that Besto should bat at five and he's a class player. But if you look at his stats, he is so much better at six or seven than he is at five. And, he, and again, he showed it in that, that final innings, that, that third innings on, on Sunday when Milan was out. Almost the last thing South Africa wanted to see was Bearstow striding out, and of course he produced. He came, he made made sixty two. I mean, it's all horrible feeling, isn't it? You feel you might have, might have got through, and you see Bearstow striding out. No, absolutely. Uh, uh, and it, also his keeping actually has really improved. I mean, people talk about Ben Folks at Surrey, mainly probably Surrey fans. Ben, you know, Bearstow he works so hard at his game. He's the quickest runner between the wickets in the world. You know, he's getting up and down the, the wicket for two in about one point eight seconds. A fantastically energising player. Having those two, Stokes and him at six and seven, is just you, you, it must be a nightmare for the opposition. Well, one player we haven't talked about so far is Toby Rowland-Jones, but we'll be hearing from him after the break. Our Royal London Player of the Week. Welcome back, Toby Rowland-Jones. Simon, what a dream debut. I mean, lots of players have, have great debuts. You know, people have scored hundreds in their first test matches. Eight wickets... 48 runs, a big part of England's victory, a vital contribution when they bowled South Africa out 
in the first innings. He's been around a while. Why has he not been playing before, might be the cry. Well, I mean, England have got a, a pretty good seam attack. That's why, because you can get in the side. And I think only in the last couple of years has he really come to the fore and been recognised as someone who has potential in, in, international calibre. He's been doing the job for Middlesex for, what, three or four years now. And, of course, finished the season last year with that fanfare, that incredible hat-trick. But he, he's been a consistent wicket-taker for Middlesex. I think probably... Another reason why he may not have been considered particularly is because he doesn't have a lot of pace. He's got decent pace, 83 miles an hour. He's very similar in style to his mentor, Angus Fraser, in both sort of speed and approach and also annoyance if he gives away a run. Uh, Dot balls are his currency, I suppose you'd say. I I remember a lovely story, actually, with with Angus bowling once for, for Middlesex, and we had a... 12th man on fielding at short leg and he bowled about seven overs for six runs bowling absolutely immaculately on a line and length and then we had no mid on because we had the short leg fielder um, and the uh, batsman facing pushed his ball past him and went down towards the pavilion at Lords and the mid wicket had to chase it and that was Phil Tufnell <laughs> uh, and Phil Tufnell chased after it and threw it in a bit wide and the, the short leg, who was, as I say, the 12th man, as the ball went running down towards the pavilion, he took the helmet off. And this throw from the pavilion, from Tufnell, swung. So instead of going to Angus at the, at the stumps, it sort of swung more towards the leg side. And the 12th man was sort of standing there casually with his helmet off, caught it in the helmet. So not only did they run three, but the umpire signaled five extra runs. So it was eight off one ball, which was more than Gus had conceded off the previous seven overs. You can imagine what he, he would have said, and he kicked the ground a lot of times. And, and Toby Rowland-Jones, you know, he's cut from the same cloth. He hates giving away runs. But, he, you know, he does bowl wicket-taking balls as well. And he bowled a, a number in this game. He was a bit surprised, I suppose, to get his first wicket because it didn't look out. And funnily enough, there have been some a, a few instances recently where the technology has indicated an edge and the batsman, when asked afterwards, has said, well, I have no idea I hit it. So we're sort of wondering a little bit about the, the accuracy of the, the ultra-edge technology. But never mind, he bowled some other outstanding balls. I actually didn't think, funnily enough, in the first innings, he bowled as well as he can. His pitch map was quite sprinkled. Uh, it wasn't that consistent. Maybe he was a little bit nervous. Actually, in the second innings, he bowled better. Mm. Do you see him as a threat, a potential threat in, in the Ashes, bowling at 80, 82 miles an hour on Australian pitches? short answer is no. Uh, it, there was little times today when he bowled at 86, 87, and that was quite encouraging. I don't think he's quite there as a bowler for the Ashes in Australia, but in English conditions, there are a few better. Well, after the game, you spoke to him, and this is what he had to say. Amazing debut, Toby. I mean, how were you feeling on that first day when you bowled? Yeah, um, felt really good, obviously, running in and almost then had to try and control the emotions a little bit to try and, you know, sustain the pressure and try and ride the wave, to be honest with you. It was, you know, it's always nice, I guess, in your debut test to, to find something like that. So, yeah, just happy with the way that it went and to contribute to a win, obviously, makes it all the more special. When you were running in for your first ball in test cricket... Uh, you know, did anyone help you with dealing with that moment and, and how were you feeling then? Um, I don't know if anyone can really take away that nervous feeling. I think it's, you know, yourself, you just have to get through it. And I think, you know, 
you get a couple down in a good area and, and suddenly it becomes just the same sort of feeling, the same game of cricket. It's just high pressure and, yeah, there's obviously a bit more going on. So just try and revert back to all the, all the different things that you've been working on over the years and, and yeah, try and, try and replicate exactly what you do normally. And you got your first wicket in a slightly rather unlikely way because it didn't look as if you appealed much actually to Dean Elgar's apparent edge. No, I, I didn't hear. Uh, I didn't hear it. The guys behind the stumps clearly did. So, I mean that. Yeah, it's one of those. It's you take it however it comes to be honest. It's unlike it a bowler to not appeal for something, isn't it? But in a way, it was almost an anti-climax, your first test wicket. Yeah, I suppose the, the funny thing is inside, nothing could sort of still take away from that feeling that you get. It's, you know, you work so hard to, to try and, you know, get into this side and to, to get that first wicket it was very special and then managed to, to kick on from that, so delighted. And the, the ball to Hashim Amla, I should think uh, that, that probably pleased you more than any, did it? I mean, was that, the, was that your favourite wicket? Yeah, I guess, I guess it has to be, really. I mean, there was a bit of life in the wicket uh, when we were bowling on day two, certainly, and seemed to be a bit of live grass, and the old one had a bit of extra bounce in it. So, yeah, I was fortunate on that occasion just to, to flick a glove, and, yeah, certainly always happy, you know, to see the back of Hashim. You know, it's such a key wicket, so delighted. What what do you, did you base your bowling on? Did, did you try anything at all, really, or was it just essentially sticking to your basics and, and, and not really trying too much? Was that almost the, the secret of it? I think so, yeah. I think even in the, the short time that I've been here working with Otis, you, you're still always trying to improve and to try and get better. So we've had a few uh, areas we've been working on to try and improve rhythm and, and to try and improve the consistency of that. And that, that, that also seemed to reap some rewards coming into the game and, and certainly sort of... It, you know, during the, the length of the spell, just maintaining your consistency and and yeah, the, the more you do that, then the more you're able to to mix up the deliveries and and still still be effective. Messages of congratulation after the, the five wickets. Any any special ones? I bet Gus was on the phone to you, was he? Yeah, Gus. And yeah, it's been it's been quite overwhelming actually, to be honest. It's it's been a bizarre you know five days and and almost for the duration of the game just taking it upon myself just to shut shut away from that to be honest try and focus on the win and yeah that's it's it's been a great five days and you know the way that test cricket is you all of a sudden now onto Old Trafford and it's very quick turnaround so before we know it we'll be we'll be back in the practice nets getting ready to go again come down to earth but presumably uh, you or your parents will have the the sun headline toby rolls them over <laughs> particularly well uh, prominent yeah yeah it's, it's it's always nice isn't it to to you know receive receive the accolades and i guess that the challenge is you know in knowing that test cricket can be tough and to try and ride the wave that all the guys that i've spoken to have said to make sure you enjoy the highs because you know, it, it, it's got its, its tough points as well. So certainly this, this is a time to enjoy, for sure. And uh, you, you started life as a batsman. Do you feel, although you showed some, obviously, some excellent batting in this game as well, do you feel it was right to, to change to bowling then? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm almost pretty grateful now that, that the batting deteriorated to the point it did uh, <laughs> back when I was younger. But it, it's funny how the game works. I think certainly when I came into professional cricket, I think that gave me a really sort of good and, and fresh outlook on bowling. I was quite raw and I think that in itself can sometimes be, be a bonus. So, yeah, I guess, I guess nowadays it's, it's 
you know, I'm trying to do as much as I can with the bat as well to try and contribute. But well, it, t- it puts off the, the time you have to bowl, doesn't it? <laughs> that's, that's every bowler's motivation, isn't it? Exactly that. The longer I can bat, then, then yeah, it, it's sort of you know further away from lacing up the bowling boots. So absolutely. And what are the what are the lads nicknaming you? Anything new? Uh, not yet. No, I think there's there's a bit of a hunt for for a nickname at the moment. So yeah, wait and see what they come up with in the coming week. Well, that's our Royal London Player of the Week, Toby Rowland Jones, and he'll be looking forward to the Old Trafford Test match. <laughs> what about South Africa? Any, any way back, mind you, you were saying any way back for England after what happened at Trent Bridge? Well, I think they've got to bat first, clearly, because every team that's bat- batted first in this series has won the game. I think they need to rejig their batting order a bit because. De Cox's too high at yeah, four, isn't he? He was too yeah. low at seven, but he's too high at four. No, I think they've got that completely wrong. I think he's number five, and Duplessis is number four. Obviously, Duplessis had a horrible game. He's got had a Mike Gatting shouldering arms game, mm. and uh, they, you know when Mike Gatting was out twice against the West Indies shouldering arms, they talked about putting his bat stickers up the other way because the bat was always horizontal above his head, and it's a bit like that with Duplessis. But he's a good enough player to get through that. I, I, what I really like about Old Trafford is it's got a, it's a good pitch. There's a bit of bounce. There's a bit of pace. The people get involved. You know, there's always something happens at the, at the Old Trafford Test match. It's it's a place for dynamic players. Mm. So people have got to grasp the, the nettle, grasp the game uh, at some point. And obviously England will feel confident. But that South African attack, if they can keep, keep Philander on the pitch, has still got plenty of threat. Morkel bowled outstandingly in this game, didn't have much luck. So... It's still pretty hard to call, yeah. I, I'd say. And yeah. I mean, South Africa just getting it, their batting order sorted a bit better because De Kock's been disappointing so far and he, he's been up and down the order like a yo yo. Yeah. I wonder whether it should be Duplessis four, Bavuma five, De Kock at six yeah. rather than five. I mean, five is just a bit too high for him anyway. They, they've you, got, you they've got to right sort there. that out. Well, certainly with, with keeping wicket as well, you're right. I mean, maybe you're right. Six, six is the right spot. He's the, the, the South African Ben Stokes. OK, we're going to finish with our, our low-light highlights. <laughs> now, your, your low-light of the week. Well, I, we've been gra- grappling our, you know, sort of racking our brains trying to think of good low-lights, and it's been such a good week. Elsewhere, as well as uh, in, in London, Alex Hales, 100 off 45 yeah. balls, incredible. So couldn't think of a low-light on the field. So the, the best I can come up with is... Uh, that in my week away in Poros in Greece, I was arrested the first day I arrived. And uh, it's caused a lot of mirth in the uh, What on earth box. did you do? Well, um, I was riding my scooter, because I like to, when I'm on holiday, get a little sort of moped-type thing, Vespa, you know, just buzz around rather than hire a car. And I had my two sons on the back, and we were riding back to the hotel at about 8.30 at night after dinner, 9 o'clock at night after dinner, not realising that the area that we were riding down was pedestrianised at night. And I saw a couple of other scooters go past, but the police flagged them past and then hauled me over with my two kids on the back and this uh, what was probably worse was it was I was hauled over by a very tall severe looking woman PC who would have no truck about the fact that a I had two people on the back three, two I uh, we didn't have any helmets three it was a one way street pedestrianized at that time and also I didn't have my license on me although I did have my passport so I was frog marched to the uh, to the police station well it sounds to me as if they should have shut you up and locked, well, put turn the key I, and, and throw it away I did think at one point that I was going to spend my first night in Greece behind bars but they they relented and, and let me out but I'm just saying you know the the, the, the Poros police could have been a little bit uh, more lenient uh, so that's my low light of the week <laughs> 
Well, you did well to be here for this test match. <laughs> Let, let's finish with the highlight. And, it, and it's all last but by no means least. And actually, it's, we're going to end in the way the test match ended. We're going to be by talking about and focusing on Moeen Ali. It's, that's that's got to be our highlight of the week. I mean, taking a hat-trick to win a test match doesn't get much better than that. And, and it, was, it had beautiful suspense, didn't it, as well? Because he got those two wickets. Then it was the end of the over. Then Stokes bowled a, a couple of bounces at the end of his over to sort of give Moen the chance. And then when, it, when the appeal came, I mean, there's never a better opportunity to get a hat-trick than on a, a, a fifth-day pitch, a spinner bowling at Morning Morkel, one has to say that. But the fact that he hit him on the pads, we all thought it was plumbing in front. We all appealed in the commentary box, not given. Then we had to wait for the review. I mean, it just added a little bit of sort of tantalising suspense to a wonderful moment. Fantastic for Moen, um, fantastic for the game, and fantastic for the Oval's 100th test. Well, that's, that's right. 100th test match at the Oval. The first ever test hat-trick at the Oval. The first time three-handers have comprised a hat-trick in three Test le- Cricket. Three, left-handers. three left-handers, what did I say? You said three-handers. No, well, three left-handers. I think we'll go with three left-handers. And the first spinning hat-trick for England since 1938 and, and Tom Goddard. And it was great, actually, to see his face because that's the other thing as well, isn't it? You, the, the suspense and the television camera's focusing on his, his face. He's not that emotional, Moen, but you just saw his reaction when that happened. Utter joy. Oh, yeah. And, and we've had two hat-tricks, two great hat-tricks in the space of nine months now, haven't we, with... Toby Rowan Jones himself finishing off the, the championship with the, that hat trick against Yorkshire at Lords in the, the final day of the championship season. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to ask Toby if he actually gave Moen any advice about what to bowl, but he did the job. Brilliant. And the first time ever that four batsmen have been out first ball in a test match innings. Why, why are you been really digging into that? You, I can tell you've had a, a week with Andrew and Sampson. Yeah, they are not my stats. They are Andrew Sampson's stats. I loved it at the end. Actually, everyone's sort of gone home, and he'd, he'd done all the all the statage. And then someone said, "Is this the first time that a number one and a number eleven have been part of a hat trick in Test cricket?" And then he, then he was off again. Actually, as we wow, record this, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to the question. I think there was an answer suggested. But I think it was a, it was a nine down, and so it was a number one and a number ten, and uh, someone else thought it was one and ten. So I don't, I'm not sure it's actually been done. Well, fantastic observation, actually. What a number one and a number eleven in the same hat trick. Cricket has this ability yeah. to throw up these bizarre stats. Does indeed. What are we going to see at Old Trafford? Hopefully more. Perhaps we'll get a tight game. I think perhaps the series does need a tight game. Though it's been one way and then the other, but the team that. Has, been on top, have stayed on top. Well, we bear in mind that um, England have only beaten South Africa at home once since 1960 in a series, and that was 1998. Uh, so they're, you know, they're a tough nut to crack. They always have been and they always will be. Please continue to leave reviews of this podcast on iTunes. We'd like to know what you think. You can also subscribe to The Analyst Inside Cricket so you get the programme automatically each week. Just click on the button where it says subscribe. You've had your holiday. Yeah, I'm off for my holiday now. I'm off for, to Mallorca for a, a week and a half, so I'm going to miss the old Trapper Test Match. I'm sure I'll be, I'll be listening to it on Test Match Special or on their sort of overseas service, and I'll try not to get arrested. <laughs> yes, well, just don't ride with too many children on the back of your bike at night down a one-way street, all right? The wrong way. Very good advice. Thanks for listening. See you next week.
Podcast Network. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.